21 years gone today. Sometimes it feels like it was a lifetime ago, and other times it feels like it was just yesterday. My friend Richard Wolberg is a chaplain for the Fall River Ma Police Department and the Massachusetts Coalition of Police. He sent me a text last night that I wanted to share. John, thought you might be interested in my words tomorrow at the 9-11 Memorial Service at the Battleship Cove in Fall River. Let us pray. I believe in the sun even when it is not shining. I believe in love even when feeling it not. I believe in good even when evil is all around. I believe in peace even when terrorism abounds. I believe in God even when God is silent. May the blessing of peace unfold and infuse, embrace, and intertwine our beloved country and all the world. And may we live to see the prophecy fulfilled, nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall man learn was any more. For all men, both great and small shall know the Lord. Amen. Rest in peace one and all, you will never be forgotten. Hi, my name is John Millet. I grew up in Mount Vernon, New York. I joined the NYPD in 1998. I was a New York City police officer. I'm a 9-11 survivor. I am now the founder of Mission First Partners, a New Hampshire consulting firm that specializes in mental health and law enforcement, uh, mental health and wellness programs for law enforcement agencies. Thank you for coming on to the show today. Let's start off by talking about September 11th, 2001. Okay, um, so it's, um, it's, it's kind of funny when you look back after all these years. Uh, you know, some things feel like they happened a million years ago, and some things feel like they could have just happened yesterday. One of the things that really stands out about that day was, I remember it was one of the most beautiful days you could imagine. There was absolutely no sign that anything like this was about to happen. As a metaphor for life, you know, the real troubles in our lives are never the things that we see coming from far away. It's always the thing that hits you on some idle Tuesday morning. Least expected. I like what you said about going into work, and it was a nice, beautiful day, a normal day. I felt the same way. I was in a military school that was going to be 14 days, 
and that Tuesday was day number two. We had no idea what was going on because our class started before the first tower was hit. It wasn't until about 10 or 10.30 that we heard what was what had happened and potentially was going to happen still that day. So I remember once we found out what happened, the instructor turned the TV on to CNN and we saw that the planes hitting over and over again and it felt like it was just a movie. I think where it hit home that this was really happening, like you described, a nice, beautiful day. I think when I realized that it was real was when I saw people jumping out of the windows of whatever floor they were on to escape all the smoke and the heat. That baffled me. I cannot fathom what it's like to want to jump out of a window a hundred floors up or whatever it was, knowing that you're going to die, but you do so because the heat is unbearable and so is the inhalation of the smoke. Uh, we had something similar. We were out back on Trinity Place uh, watching, the, uh, you know, looking at the Trade Center. And at first, we thought we were seeing like desks and filing cabinets and stuff like that falling out the window. And then all of a sudden you looked a little closer and it's like, uh, yeah, a, a desk doesn't fall like that. That's a person. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing that I still, you know, I have difficulty wrapping my head around is I can't imagine like even like where I am right, right now, it's a two story house. I'm on the second floor. I can't imagine even this house being on fire and getting myself to the point to feel like it's better to jump out of a window of a two-story house than to burn. I mean, that's just, that blows my mind. I just, that's something that I just cannot even comprehend. So you, on 9-11, weren't you... And I don't know what the title of it is, but weren't you like uh, like uh, the marina uh, in the marina or a bay or something? Uh, at, at that time, I was working for the deputy commissioner of community affairs in the NYPD, and I was assigned to the police museum, which at that time was at 25 Broadway, right outside the statue at a bull on Wall Street. So we we were literally right right there. Uh, if you went around the back of the building on Trinity Place, you had a straight. Uh, bird's eye view right to both towers. And uh, that's why when the first plane hit, I, I had just come in, the day had just been starting. And it was, the museum was a department facility. So there was a cop that was assigned there from the first precinct overnight for security. So he's getting ready to leave. And all of a sudden we hear it come over his radio, the plane hit the World Trade Center. So we went around back onto Trinity Place and as strange as it might sound now, it didn't look at all like something like an airliner had hit it. it. I mean, yes, something had obviously hit it, but it didn't look that bad. So then pretty recently was the JFK Jr. crash. So I thought it was something similar. You know, a small plane had gone off course and something like that and uh, hit the Trade Center. So we went back inside. 
said, okay, we'll wait for him to call for the mobilization. And um, I was in the bathroom and I heard a boom and the lights went down for about five or six seconds and then they came back up. We ran back out onto Trinity Place and that's when we saw the second plane had hit. And that one, that blew a barn door through the tower. I mean, there was, there was no question that was, that was an airliner. So that's when we suddenly realized this, uh, this was becoming very serious very quickly. I don't recall what that time difference was, but from when that first tower was hit to the second tower, was that about 10 minutes? Uh, probably, probably, and, and, and again, like I said, these things run together. I would say it was probably 15, maybe 20 minutes. During that 10 to 15 or 20 minutes, did you find yourself getting worked up of, hey, what's going on here? Or were you just saying, you know, it's probably some prop plane that had some mechanical failures and hit a building? End of story. Especially after you were working in Harlem for so long, it, it, I, I imagine it would have been easy to kind of say, okay, that, there was some accident just happened. And then it wasn't until that second tower hit maybe that you felt like, okay, something's going on and this isn't right. I mean, because for me, even watching on TV, seeing both towers hit, I felt like I was watching a, a repeat, like a Groundhog Day of some movie. But then seeing those people jump out of a plane... I mean, sorry, not out, of, not out of a plane. Seeing those people jump out of a window to avoid the heat and the that smoke, that's got to be intense. And I still cannot wrap my head around that, of what that's like. Part of what it was, too, it's, it's, it was New York City. It was Manhattan. And as crazy as it sounds, that kind of thing can really happen on any given day in, right. in, in Manhattan. So, you know, it was just another one of those, like at least with the first plane, it was just another one of those, uh, okay, let's see what's going on in the big city today. So the first tower is hit, you go to the restroom, you feel the building shake, you hear something else, lights go out, come back on, and you realize this is not just another crazy day that started off beautiful looking. Something's really going on, something serious. What was going through your head? How are you feeling? What were you thinking? That well, that was it. We at that point we realized this was no accident anymore. You know, we realized we were getting attacked. So we went out. We went inside. We started breaking out the vests, the guns, everything. We everything we were going to need for a fight. But again, we didn't know what the fight was was going to be. So you well, know, who it was with either. Yeah, exactly. So you know, we're waiting to you know just kind of get direction here. 
And uh, of course, there there was chaos. You had police fire, everybody else responding. And because we were so close, you know, everything was was coming right past us. But since we were kind of a satellite office, we weren't at working enforcement command. We didn't have radios and stuff like that to sort of keep up on uh, on what was going on. The first thing that comes to mind when I think of being a veteran is sacrifice because you sacrifice a lot. And if you're out there trying to raise a family while in the military, they also sacrifice a lot. Um, And I would also say pride because when I look at the faces of my family as they talk about my career and, and I know how very proud they are of me, that gives me great joy. And for every soldier that served with me, um, thank you. Thank you. Because you contributed to my career. And if you're serving today, I commend you. And I would say, do not be a 60% soldier. Be 100% every day. So when you look at the mirror at the end of the day, you also have pride. I would say to you, be safe. And God bless. You mentioned not going to ground zero yet because you're not ready for that. Is that part of the same reason why you moved from New York, the place where you grew up, to New Hampshire? You know, you know what? Um, partially. But, you know, it was partially because, you know, we, we were seeking a better life, too. But I have to say, for all the therapy I did and everything, I, my condition really never started to until I moved up here. Up here. And uh, funny enough, one day I was talking with my psychologist and I said to him, I said, you know, running away from your problems is really integrated with them. And he said, I would agree, but with a caveat. He said, don't think of it as running away. He said, think of it as turning away. Think of it as turning away from the things that are negative life and turning toward things that are positive in your life. You know, I, yeah, I could agree with that. You know, it's, what I think is interesting is we seem to, we seem to, gosh, I'm telling you, you, you and I could probably talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what, you know, you know, go into that, and you know, and I've gotten that question before, and you know, really, the best way I can reply, and I heard it somewhere, where I heard it, but the truth is, New Hampshire is my good place, and I needed to find a place where I could leave and have that. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. That's. I guess where my mind was going is just like there's so many ways you could go with that because, you know, 
there's, I think there's extremes in everything. So that's why I've said a lot of times to people, I think it, I, I think it's all about balance. Every, no matter what the situation is, it's all about balance because one person could say, peace out, New York. I'm out of here. New Hampshire, you're my new home and just hope that that fixes the problem. And it doesn't, or it might alleviate some of it. Or you could, you know, say, forget it. I'm staying here. No one's taking away New York from me. But I really think if there's a healthy balance there and you make the right decisions that work for you, like you said earlier, you know, if, if shooting works for you and coloring, coloring works for me, do you. And, and that's exactly it. But you know what it is, too? I think a lot of people make those moves thinking they're getting a fresh start. And I think that's the part you have to think of. Mm-hmm. There are no fresh starts. Wherever we go, we bring our past with us. It's a matter of being being able to resolve that past with Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would even say, and when I say this, I don't mean it to contradict what you just said at all. I think a fresh start, what a, a real fresh start is, is when you wake up that, that next day and you say, okay, you know what? I choose to say I have PTSD, but it doesn't have me. To me, that's what the fresh start is, is changing your mindset. So, like I said, I'm not disagree. I totally oh, no, agree. With no, what you're no, I understand. I understand exactly what yeah. you're saying. And you and know, I'm using what? this. I'm using your same words, but just putting yeah. something different behind it. And you know what? And some days when I wake up, I got to tell you, PTSD does have me. Mm-hmm. And some days it has everybody that's experienced with it. But if you have more days that it that it doesn't have you, you're doing better than most. Yeah, and and that's to me. That's what healing is. That's what health is. That's when, when you can, when you can see that pendulum, you know, kind of swing, the, start to swing the other way to where, yeah, I'm going to have days where I didn't win that day. But as a, at, for, as far as my life is concerned, yeah, I've got this. It doesn't have me. It's, it's like, it's like I tell my cops, progress, not perfection. Oh, I don't think they heard you. Turn the volume up. <laughs> that is true. Thank you, and have a nice day.